The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. One for you is protecting the health of Manitobans, our most vulnerable especially. Can you tell us what you and the government will do to make sure our hospitals, our personal care homes, both public and private, have all the resources, all the policies in place as we go forward to limit the damage and, of course, the deaths as much as possible? Well, first of all, Richard, our condolences to those families that were affected, not not just today, but the, as you know, we've we've had uh, uh, a number of deaths in Manitoba, and it doesn't give anyone any comfort to say not as many as elsewhere. I mean, it's impacting so much on all of us. I I know, like many Manitobans, I feel every one of those stats that I hear on a on a passing or on someone who's experienced and uh, experience and uh, intensive care. Uh, very personally, and uh, we've we've dedicated this year's throne speech, frankly, to Manitobans who are, I think, bravely doing more than their share and doing their part. And we're going to do the same here. Uh, uh, before this pandemic, we were leading the country uh, on a per capita basis, as you know, as a government in investing in healthcare, education, you know, frontline services, and we made a commitment today to strengthen those investments. Uh, uh, significantly uh, in education and healthcare, in particular, where you know, as much as it's a challenge, there's some opportunities here too to learn how to do some things better, to learn how to get some services improved to people that they're depending on, to continue the fight for shorter wait times, not just during COVID with the COVID testing, which is a sore point for all of us, but also on an ongoing basis for people who need, you know, a, a cataract done or who need a a knee surgery or a hip or who are waiting to see a specialist because they just don't know what it is that they have. These these wait times have tripled over the last uh, 20 years in our country, and we need the federal government to step up and partner with us. We're beefing up. Every premier is fighting for this, regardless of political stripe, and we're beefing up our investments at the provincial level, but we need a federal partner on this. And so we committed to continuing that fight today as well. The fight's going to go on. Look, Manitobans deserve a ton of credit for the results we've got so far, and we just need to keep uh, positive and keep working together to make sure that we get our, our lives back and that uh, we we help make sure that fewer families have to suffer through this tremendous loss that has happened today to three families. There is the government, uh, the business of government, and what's ahead in the, the weeks and months as you return to the Manitoba legislature. And also a commitment here that um, balance is going to take uh, some time here. And that I think uh, in this speech today, that was important for you to, to say that that uh, it's going to take a while to balance the books again, given the fact that this is not a structural deficit. This is spending now to deal with the pandemic. But that's an important signal, isn't it? Well, it's a big signal for a couple of reasons. I mean... We know that this is an arduous and stressful time for everybody, but Manitobans need to know they have a government that's not forgetting about the future. We're going to be there, too, and we pray that we can enjoy the benefits of a more sustainable and prudent management than we're seeing elsewhere. Uh, You know, without a plan, you're going to fail. With a plan, you have a chance to succeed. And so we've we've got a plan to get back to balance, but to do it reasonably and responsibly, while we're lowering some of the tax burden that is so heavy on so many families, on so many seniors in Manitoba right now. And that's why we're going to keep our uh, uh, our commitments. And one of those key commitments was 
to uh, get that education, uh, very high property tax off off of people to deal with the education funding the way virtually every other province does out of your general revenues, not with a tax on somebody when they fix up their little house or when, you know, taxing a senior so they have to move out because they can't handle the bills. I mean, this is just not the right way to do it. And so we've known that for a long time, and now's the time to start phasing that out. So that's uh, that's going to be good news, I think, for Manitobans who know that every little bit helps out there. A little more money on the kitchen table makes a, you know, a big difference. You and I come from families that experience that. We know it personally, and a lot of Manitobans do too. And this dovetails to the Manus report that uh, you expect to release shortly on the future of education, giving more choices to parents involved in this so often we focus on the administrative side, on, on reducing the number of, of school boards, especially here in, in Winnipeg. Do you believe that there is enough in that system, though, that by reducing senior administrators, and you've seen it in other parts of government, that we can have a more robust and re, reactive type of education system that um, really is antiquated compared to other jurisdictions when it comes to administration? No, you've you've touched on a really important issue. There isn't anybody listening to your program that doesn't understand they wouldn't have found the success in their life that they have if it wasn't for a dedicated teacher, if it wasn't for a a solid education. That's the best investment we can make in our young people. And, you know, there's no doubt uh, that we have a system that's very top-heavy compared to most. Uh, But there's also no doubt we have to add uh, our investments to education have to increase. We, we have a, uh, a really dynamic time right now, and when I say there are opportunities in that, I'm, I'm not gilding the lily, as my mom used to say. I think the fact of the matter is that uh, we can have an education system that works better. We know that others do. We know we consistently rank at the bottom of all the provinces on outcomes, and we know that we, we owe more to our kids than that result. And so I, I maintain that the grassroots uh, input that Manitobans have given us as a government has, given, has provided us with some good decision-making, and we have listened, and we're going to listen on the education thing. What we're going to do, Richard, is we're going to put out the uh, the result of that very uh, historic work that was led by Clayton Manis and Janice McKinnon, and we're going to put that out for Manitobans to see in the not-too-distant future, but we're also going to put out what we plan to do about it. So we're not just throwing out a mass discussion with a thousand issues. We're actually going to try to frame it so that Manitobans can have some meaningful input into it. I mean, we've all got opinions, and I want to hear those opinions, but I think we need to structure uh, and get input and focus on the things that matter most to our kids. And so uh, we know that when you have a challenge with your child in school, you don't take it to the school division office. You take it to the front line. You take it to the teacher. And to me, I'm reflected, reflecting a bit of a bias in my life because I was a teacher. My mom was, my sister. And, you know, we come from a family of teachers. But I'll tell you, the teachers are on the front line, and that's where we need more resources. We need the resources in the classroom where they can help our children and they can help our frontline instructors. This could be teacher's assistance in some cases, most certainly. It could be a number of other things, but it, it has to be an investment that we make uh, because our kids are, are, they are deserving of the opportunity to get that great education that we owe, owe to them, frankly, and will benefit in the long run because they'll be better skilled and they'll be better able to come forward and be good citizens and taxpayers, and that's we need that too. 
with Premier Brian Pallister on 680 CJOB, Richard Cluche reporting. Um, in addition to that report, you have the former Saskatchewan Premier Brad Wall's report looking at hydro issues there. And I think we've had this discussion privately before about how Manitoba Hydro needs to transition from a dam building firm into a, a maintenance and delivering a, a, a efficient uh, hydroelectricity to Manitobans. And that report will frame a discussion and an action plan for this government, not necessarily to privatize or maybe to get out of elements of hydro, but to to, to really focus and refocus that Crown Corporation. Is that a fair assessment? That's a real good assessment. I mean, Manitoba Hydro is a jewel for our province. You know, when you you look at it, we've led the country the last three years in capital attraction. Part of the reason is our hydro rates are really good, really competitive. That's a really good jewel for Manitoba to use. But we've got to keep our rates low. And keeping those rates low means understanding when things go south what happened and what happened under uh, under uh, an unfortunate series of decisions uh, politically influenced in previous administration was we got ourselves uh, a hydro uh, company that got a little tarnish on it, and that's because of billions of dollars of overspend on some questionable projects. Well, we got to figure out why that happened so it doesn't happen again, can't happen again. And I think that's really important to understand. This old boogeyman that uh, people keep coming up with about privatizing hydro is pretty far from the truth, as you well know. I think that what we need to do here is make sure hydro is stronger so that it serves Manitobans better. And uh, I get that uh, there are some who don't want to hear the truth come out, but the fact of the matter is it's going to come out, and we're going to learn from it, and we're going to make sure that hydro is stronger for Manitobans and more focused on giving Manitobans the services and the competitive rates that we benefit from than, than it's been in the past. And that's why the hydro leadership there has gone into a, a very detailed and important exercise of reviewing their operations. And they'll come out of that with recommendations that I hope, all Manitobans hope, will strengthen hydro, not weaken it, as has been sadly the case over the last few years. Now, you're also committed to taking that process out of the Public Utilities Board and, and more into the hound, hands of... Well, of the politicians who can be accountable at the polls for that, just take a moment and explain why and your philosophy behind that. Well, it's it's not quite as you describe, Richard, because in, in, in essence what this legislation will do is strengthen the Public Utilities Board to have the leadership and shape the policies by being the defender of Manitoba ratepayers and taxpayers, frankly, uh, at the same time. Perhaps not as often, because, as you know, the Public Utilities Board process has been one of the most expensive in the country, and it's a really, really onerous process. So if we can make sure the Public Utilities Board does its job strongly, uh, but not every six months, every year, that'll help, because the ratepayers ultimately pay tens of millions of dollars to have meeting after meeting after meeting, and there's uh, a handcuff that goes with that. If you and I were trying to run hydro, uh, it's pretty tough to make long-term decisions with short-term rate applications. You see what I mean? So we need we need our crown corporations to run with a long-term view, not just a today a crisis-to-crisis view. And so that's going to make our crown corps uh, more accountable, quite frankly, but better better able to manage if we run the public utilities board process. Frankly, the way it's run most most everywhere else in the country right now. So uh, it's a good improvement, and I think what it'll do is it'll strengthen hydro, but it also 
uh, gives uh, just as much opportunity uh, for Manitobans to be defended and to participate, defended by the process and participate in the process they've had in the past. And I, I think that's important as well. Last question, Mr. Premier, and that deals with liquor distribution here. The buzz is, is that, you know, maybe when it comes to distribution, People want the option not necessarily to go to um, an MLCC, but they would like to be able to go to a grocery store um, and not necessarily. And I'm not suggesting that you're looking to privatize um, Manitoba liquor, the liquor side of things, um, because you'll still be the buyer here. But there is a, a debate going on about the distribution. Can you give us a sense of where this government is headed on that as far as choice is concerned? Again, I see a theme here right through government that, you know, it's 2020 and we like to be able to do things online. We like to have that convenience. And one of those conveniences is to be able to buy booze almost, you know, not necessarily at a government-run store. Well... You know, quite frankly, uh, Richard, you and I have talked for a number of years, and you know what I think about customers. I think customer service is the key to whatever success I found in the small business world. And government delivery by itself hasn't always been famously associated with customer service. I'll just put it that way. I I think the way we came out, uh, premiers have acknowledged to me in discussion that we developed the best distribution system for when cannabis was legalized in the country. And what we did there was we took the best of the private sector and we took the best of the public sector and we combined them. And I think this is a model that could be useful when it comes to alcohol too. We're, you know, I guess we're reminded more than ever in the midst of COVID of how important it is to be, well, not to not to consume alcohol. I didn't mean to make that link, but to to be able to get things close to home and not have to travel around unnecessarily, not be exposed to too much extra risk. And if we can if we can give people better choice and a competitive price on a liquor product on an alcohol product, then that's a good thing, and that's that's where we need to be looking. We need to be looking to make sure that the customer is better served in our in our province, and uh, that's true in every respect, not just alcohol, but our kids in schools, our seniors that need need to get health care sooner, and our our people that want jobs. You know, quite frankly, uh, this is a a really good opportunity for us to come out of this thing stronger. And thank goodness that we made the preparatory efforts we did over the last few years to be in a position uh, fiscally and socially where Manitobans can shine and Manitobans are showing their fellow Canadians that they know how to stand up for each other. We just need to make sure everybody that listens to your program does that, listens to Dr. Rusin. He's working so hard, gets a flu shot, gets that alert app on their phone so that they can, if you know, if we've got a track that we're able to track and save other people time and risk and worry. Doing these things as citizens is really important, and I know most Manitobans are going to step up, and for those that are hesitant, well, we'll just we'll work on them. All of us need to do that together in the spirit of uh, Team Manitoba. Mr. Premier, appreciate the time. We'll speak again. Thanks again. Thanks, Richard. My pleasure. The News on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham.